Hey, this is Gable Price, and you are listening to the podcast Switchfoot Song Stories. Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. All right, my guest on the show this week is the legendary outlaw of rock and roll himself, Mr. Tyler Huckabee. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm doing really good, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for using my actual bio, which nobody yes. ever does. I think people think it's a joke. But, but it's uh, but it's but I'm very serious about it. I'm it's it's more aspirational bio, I suppose. But uh, but I'm I'm writing for the life I wish I had, not necessarily for the one I have, which is as more of a uh, Christian intersection of Christian pop culture and the American church uh, beat, which isn't quite legendary outlaw of rock and roll, but we're getting it one step at a time. I like it. I, I appreciate that bio. <laughs> uh, it's a uh... Real honor to have you on the pod. I've been following your work for a very long time, a lot of years as the senior editor of Relevant Magazine. Um, you've also written for a number of places, uh, Religion News Service, Pace Magazine, Sojourners, Good Newspaper, uh, Common Good, as well as uh, Substack and, and many others. So I thought of this analogy. Tell me what you think. Uh, as John Foreman is to songwriting, Tyler Huckabee is to article writing. Is that fair? Sure. I, I love it. I'm not going to push back against it. I'm sure it, it probably doesn't really work, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue, you know, you're, you're the host. So what you say, yeah, is that, I'm, I'm yes, that's right. <laughs> you got a ton of amazing content. We're going to talk about two of your recent articles about Switchfoot here in a few minutes. Um, I'd love to pick your brain first on a couple of things, mainly because you write about everything. There's not just like one thing that you tap into because you know you've got stuff about music and life and faith and religion education pop culture uh the environment human rights current events the list goes on and on so tell us about your uh career like kind of where it started and how it got to where you are now sure uh so i started out uh i've, I've always like like writing was always something that was very important to me and, and also something that i was pretty sure you couldn't really make a living at uh, which, which may still be, be a little bit true, but as I, well, after I graduated from college, started getting, I got a foot in the door of the music journalism business, mostly just through pitching a lot of places. I was living in Chicago at the time and just sent out little scraps of articles and ideas for articles everywhere that I could. This was during the boom of like music blogs when places like pitchfork and stereo gun and pace were just getting started so they were they were hungry for content so i was able to build a little bit of a get a little bit of a resume together doing that work and uh and this is also during the first big social media boom so i was fortunate to get on board some of that early and built a little bit of a following through what was then called twitter and as that started to grow more opportunities came along with that and then uh, relevant magazine who I'd done a little bit of writing for and at that point was still pretty new and, and still was having sort of its early heyday reached out to me and asked me to come on board as their web editor so I moved from Chicago well there's a little bouncing around but basically from Chicago uh, back to Lincoln Nebraska my hometown and then to Orlando Florida where I started working for relevant and in that line of work you know it's a small team 
lot of ground to cover in their faith, life, pop culture sphere. So you just sort of have to become a jack of all trades and, mm -hmm. and have, like a lot of journalists do. And, and it's very difficult and some are better than others. And obviously this is how mistakes are getting made. But you, you, you cast a wide net. You talk to a lot of experts. You try to bring your voice to the background as much as possible and instead find really smart people in those areas that you're covering and let them do all the talking. And uh, if you're a little bit good and you're a little bit lucky, then you start learning a lot from them and, and hopefully able to bring some of their expertise into your own writing to help form a, a well-rounded, at least a co sort of coherent worldview that encompasses their expertise with, uh, with your own personal values. Yeah, I was going to ask, is it at times, is it kind of like drive you nuts or, or are you like always thinking about the next piece or is that something that brings a lot of joy or is it a little bit of both? It depends, obviously, you know, it can be, it can be one way, especially when I, I, I left relevant after a very long, very happy time of working there left relevant. And there are some days where you're just like, you know, our beat is pop culture and, and Christian and Christian culture. That's what we cover. And that's kind of a narrow lane. And sometimes there's just not stuff out there. But you you gotta you gotta publish something. You you can't just not do any. You know you have a website to maintain, mm -hmm. and people are looking for you to publish something. So that can be difficult for sure. Um, and on those days, you get you can come up with some pretty creative article titles uh, that that sometimes are. <laughs> you know, we would delve deep into the past of like kind of find like what would the enneagram of all the avengers be or <laughs> or some sort of weird like hey did you know that this random actor appeared in this old episode of mcgee and me or adventures in odyssey or something like that you there's stuff that you can find that can be a little more evergreen uh these days i'm pretty lucky i'm, I'm obviously always looking for new things to write about but it's a big world and and i do think that uh, i'm pretty well convinced that the Christian worldview has something to say about pretty much every issue, modern issue that happens. Now, that doesn't mean that I always know what the Christian, what the correct Christian interpretation of those things are. And uh, I try, I try, not as successfully, but I do try to be aware of when something falls outside the realm of something I have anything useful to write about. Uh, but I do think that there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of noise out there. And uh, yeah. and I think that when we're when Christians are writing at our best, and, and there's some people who are very very good at this, there's a lot to be said from the Bible about these issues, and they can bring some clarity or some coherence, or or at least untangle some of the confusion around these issues. And, and that's what I try to do. For sure. Are there? Um, this may be tough, but is there like one or two uh, articles that you've written over the years that you either like personally enjoyed the most, or that you are like maybe most proud of? Sure, sure. That is, uh, I appreciate that question. That, that is, and it is tough. Um, I'm proud of a lot of the things that I've written. Um, I, uh, you know, since we're, since we're on this subject, uh, since, since this is the podcast, I really did enjoy the chance I had to interview. I've been able to interview Switchfoot a couple of times over the years. I always found them to be very nice. And, and John in particular was always very gracious a guy to interview. This most recent one kind of felt like in some ways me putting a little bit of a bow on a certain part of my career and even a certain part of my personal life. Switchfoot's obviously been an important band to me since I was a kid. Being able to spend a little bit of time with them and and uh, put this put this piece together and have the longest conversation 
I'd ever had, had the longest interview they'd ever done is what they told me. They, it was the longest time they'd ever sat down with a journalist as well. It felt like being able to put to rest a lot of things that I've been interested in writing about and maybe in some ways kind of closed the chapter on that part of, uh, on, that, on a particular part of my career in a way that felt very, very fulfilling. Very nice. I'm going to work backwards slightly just because the first uh, article you wrote about Switchfoot came out in April of this year, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners read it. Um, the title was 20 years ago, Switchfoot Unleashed the Rift that Changed Christian Rock. <laughs> and the tagline I love says, Switchfoot was always meant for more than CCM. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was going to um, mention a little snippet of that one as well, because it's just it was awesome. It was, uh, you know, shorter than the the next one that we'll talk about. But um, what do you remember from that one uh, as far as like from this past April? I, if I remember right, I think that was a religion news service. My friend Roxy Stone is the senior editor over there. And I think she reached out to me saying, do you have anything in, like that you could do for the, the 20 year anniversary of Beautiful Light Down? Because that was when they had announced the tour and everything. And I said, I could probably come up with something. So that piece and particularly that song, uh, Meant to Live, became the the fulcrum of that. I think especially as I found, as I started sort of looking around social media and seeing how many people still connected with that song, even if they had moved on from where they were at in their Christian faith when they first heard it, Switchfoot still had a lot of cultural cachet with them in a way that so many other bands, good bands from that era just didn't. And that, that pricked my curiosity about why that was. What is it about this band in particular that has had so much longevity. So that article was me uh, mostly speculating about what that might be. And I, what I came up with is their, uh, their very Kierkegaardian quest. They're very open-ended questioning. When you're listening to a Switchfoot song, you don't feel like you're being preached to. You feel like you're sort of on this journey with the band, with John Foreman, uh, asking questions about life and purpose and meaning that matter a lot to everybody no matter where you're at your faith journey or even if you're not particularly considered even if you don't really consider yourself to be on a faith journey and uh and i think that will always have a lot of resonance for people especially for people who are aware of what the church has to say and maybe don't feel like the church is really for them anymore but are still interested and fascinated by christian thought in general yeah, I love, so this one little part I was going to read um, from that first article, you said uh, Switchfoot understood at least two things that Christians often forget. The first is that most people can smell a church trap from a mile away and attempts to sneak a little Sunday morning into Friday nights. Uh, don't fool anyone. By wearing their faith on their sleeve, Switchfoot earned a lot of trust, even from people who didn't share their religious convictions. Honesty, it turns out, really is a good policy. And the second thing Switchfoot got is that people don't need to be told about Jesus. In this country, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't know the basics. What people aren't necessarily convinced of is that they should care. Switchfoot's driving ethos was, and always has been, that God matters. For them, Christianity wasn't a simple religious identification or cultural marker, but the secret to unlock, unlocking life's full potential. Their message was that too many people are living on autopilot, but we are being invited to a higher, richer level of existence. So beautiful words there. And I think it's for those reasons that so many people have been drawn to Switchfoot for two decades or more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I, and I, you know, obviously I'm kind of like, in this case, I'm examining myself too, right? I'm like, why does this band still matter to me? You know, I'm not a youth group kid anymore. I'm not the same kid that I was, but those songs, they, they still bang for me. They still really work. And so I, it's 
kind of like John talks about this too in his own songwriting, you start out with your own questions. You know, you don't try to guess what other people are wondering about. You ask yourself what you're wondering about. And then writing becomes sort of a safe way to uh, to explore that on your own. And even if you don't find an answer to the question, you know more about yourself at the end of it. And, uh, and that's as much as you can hope for in writing. Yes. And the, the second article, as you mentioned, you know, a very extensive uh, talk that you had with them um, for Common Good magazine and probably the most extensive Switchfoot article I've ever read. If you're listening to this and haven't read it, you got to go check it out. The title is Switchfoot Has Never Let You Down. And I actually put it into my um, pages document to see, and it was pretty close to 6,000 words, I believe. So <laughs> It's a long one. Yeah. I wrote an entire book that was like 40,000. So you wrote a Switchfoot article. It's like a seventh, <laughs> a seventh of a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, they, I mean, they asked for a lot for a common good, reached out to me and was trying to put something like this together. And they wanted, they wanted to know if I could get it up to that length. And I said, if you can give me the time with them, I think I can get, you know, I can deliver on that word count. But it's a, even for me, this is a pretty good sized article. And you covered a lot in there, you know, obviously like the, the label dropping them and songwriting, mm-hmm. fan reactions, you know, their faith journey, how it's all played out in and out of the church. Just amazing article. One of the first lines I thought was cool, too, where you said that John Foreman, somewhere between big tent preacher and beach bum philosopher. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, he, I mean, he was really I, I caught I think I mentioned this in the article, but basically I caught up with them on the road. This is before they launched their official 20 year uh, beautiful letdown tour. They were playing the county fair in Fargo, North Dakota. I'd never been to Fargo. Getting out to Fargo from Nashville where I live wasn't super easy, but it was the only time that really worked for us to connect where they had some time where they they would be able to actually sit down and talk to me. It wouldn't take, there wasn't as much setup needed on this leg of their tour. So I made it up there and uh, spent most of the hotel lobby just making coffee and talking about all this. And then we went out to the show that they played out at the fair there and spent a little time out at the Fargo County Fair. The wonderful good people of Fargo were very, very nice to me. I've had some good stories and talked to a lot of people about Switchfoot out there too. And this is the result of those conversations. Very cool. Yeah. It's, uh, again, we will uh, link to that in the show description on both articles and more. So um, if you are a Switcher fan, which you probably are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you definitely got to check those out. Um, the uh, the song we're going to touch on a little bit is from The Beautiful Letdown. This has been a fun one to kind of revisit since they haven't played a live for a while. Um, adding to the Noise, a nice little rock and roll track with some deep meaning behind it. So this particular song, how do you personally resonate with this tune? Well, I remember when, 20 years ago, when I first heard this album, yeah, I, growing up in evangelical, or at least growing up in the sort of evangelicalism that I grew up in, you hear a lot about your sinful nature. I, I believe in sin, and, and I believe in my own sin. Obviously, that is sometimes communicated as not super helpful shame and, and a lot of control. And I think there's probably some of that that I work through. But then I come across this song, which I thought I think is interesting for a few reasons. And one big one is that it points not only to what's going on inside yourself, but something 
but there's plenty yeah. in their music but also there's something broken in the world around you that there's this culture that we're swimming in and materialism and consumerism and uh, runaway marketing and runaway capitalism and more 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 and, and that that's broken as well and this is just not something i heard about very much when i was a kid the idea that there was that it wasn't just me but that there was something foundational going on that sin had wormed its way into our institutions into our systems into our organizations organizations. And that's a really interesting thing to think about when you're in your teens to start looking for where else has this sickness manifested itself and where else then can grace and redemption manifest itself. So I'm grateful to this song for sort of turning on the light there. And then the other one is that Switchfoot then uh, indicts themselves as a part of this and is aware of their own temptation. The line of the, of the chorus is, if we're adding to the noise, turn off this song. They're saying, if we if we are a part of the problem, then you don't have to listen to us anymore. They're aware of their own complicity uh, and how easy it would be to become part of this same brokenness that they're talking about. Uh, so I'm, uh, those, are the, those are the two things that I thought were really interesting and really very great for Switchfoot to talk about. Yeah, and I think this is like kind of perfectly placed in that iconic album because you got a mix of ballads and some pop, some rock, um, kind of a really good mix. And then this one, you know, nothing can top the meant to live riff, but it's a nice little rock riff, you know, going out the beginning and uh, towards the end as well. Yeah, it's fun. I always like when they, I, I like their ballads and stuff, and I like their kind of like U2 anthemic type songs, but I also love when they're just having fun. Yeah. Yeah, and a song that's uh, 20 years old but means a lot today. I think things have only gotten faster and noisier, you know, since the song came out. So I love that idea of, you know, if we're part of it, then turn it off. And um, I was uh, reading recent, uh, recently reading that the average American has between like 40 and 60 minutes per day that's like somewhat peaceful <laughs> to themselves. I mean, that's it. So that's, wild. that's not enough. That's not enough. But I feel that, right? Don't you? When I was... I was walking here this morning here in Nashville. It's turning, you know, the leaves are turning, it's getting into fall territory. And, uh, and I was like, this is, what is the last, like, I'm just walking, I'm just taking a walk. And it's not like I didn't have the headphones on. I wasn't on the phone with anybody. And that's really, really nice. And I don't do it very much. And that's because we have a lot going. That reminds me of this uh, quote that I found. And this actually wasn't one that came out like right away when the song did. Um, but I like this one quite yeah. a bit. Um, John Foreman said, I was just thinking what a better world this would be. And this might sound really odd coming from a musician. If we all listened to a blank disc for an hour and 15 minutes and contemplated life and just thought about what we're doing here. Maybe, <laughs> he said, maybe pop it in and go for a drive or something and be forced to think our thoughts. That's kind of what adding to the noise is about. Our world spins very fast. There's a lot of traffic that goes by very quickly. At the end of the day, there's no real motion. Nothing has really changed. Our hearts are still the same and our planet's still messed up. So that song's kind of just, I don't know, I guess it's an ironic thing for somebody to tell you to turn the song off. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's really true. I, I'm not surprised to hear that John, of all people, uh, is is like is aware of that because he seems to got like a guy who's very attuned to the rhythms of his own personal needs and yeah. you know, how much he needs to be alone. I think that's why he likes surfing so much. I think that's part of it. It seems like a very key part of him staying healthy as a person. Yeah. Opening line, what's it going to take to slow us down? I also love the line, a couple new ways to fall in debt. Um, 
lyrically <laughs> any other lyrics jump out to, at you for the song the i think this is the, i was thinking about this one uh yesterday a little bit the the i'll bet that that tv set tells us what we wanted to hear yeah. uh which was true when he wrote this obviously very true now in an age where you can find confirmation bias for pretty much any take that you have whether it be on social issues or religion or politics or or whatever and uh, and that's hard too to learn how to doubt your own impulses or to at least be skeptical uh of the things that you are hearing especially when it tickles your preconceived notions about an issue and uh, that also seems like something that switchfoot has always been very aware of is is how to hold their convictions with an open palm and being open to being challenged and disagreed with and to changing their minds when when necessary which i they've publicly done a few times other than taking a walk how does tyler huckabee deal with the all the noise in the world how do you slow down and and uh try to only listen to maybe the right voices in life <laughs> i read um i think it's it's important for me to start off my day with with a book uh not reading on the internet or or uh, or anything like that but but reading a, an actual novel uh that's how me and my wife start our mornings is, is by reading books together and i think that that is it's huge for that that's been good because especially if you're reading something that's a little bit older uh it's kind of a uh, a time machine you know it gets you back to uh it whisks you away to a time where they had different problems. They, they had their problems for sure, but they weren't the same problems that you have today. So you're able to sort of remove yourself from this current uh, ecosystem of competing voices and issues and get into your own, um, uh, get out, it gets you out of your own cultural context and into somewhere else that you can maybe see your, see things a little more clearly. Uh, that'd be how I'd answer that question. Very nice. When I'm doing it, when I'm doing a good job, I should say. <laughs> yes. I'm not speaking of somebody who has mastered this by any by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I think you know, switching fans would agree of the the longevity of of the band is partially because of the um, the music just kind of stands the test of time. But I really, especially think for this album, every song that we've revisited is just like, man, this is so so true. Still today, two decades later, so. That shows a prolific writing for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, other than social media, or I guess um, some people would want to know your exact handle as well, but where can people find you and all that you're doing? Uh, if you're on, uh, I'm on Substack, uh, Cluster Huck is the name of my Substack. You can find me over there. Uh, I have since left Twitter, since things have started going a little weird over there. If you have Blue Sky, I am on there as Tyler, at Tyler Huckabee. You can find me there. If you don't have a Blue Sky invite code, uh, hit me up. Uh, I got a foot couple I can hand out. See ya. Very nice. Well, thanks again. If it really enjoyed your work over the years, enjoyed our chat today. Uh, keep up the great work and uh, we'll talk to you okay. soon. Thank you so much, Tyler. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming. Here's a noisy tune for you. Let the silence spin us around 
What's it gonna take to drop this town? We've been spinning at the speed of stepping out of those convenience stores. What could we want? More, more, more. From the third world to my corporate show, we are the symphony of modern humanity. Yeah. Turn up the stereo radio. 